the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this week's study, Dave spoke about God's loving kindness. The main reading is Psalm 136. Last few weeks we've been looking at a number of things. One, a few weeks ago we looked at devotion, that which we are, we give ourselves to, where we are loyal, where we are dedicated to. And of course we looked at Jesus first, that's our, our example. And we looked at our, 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 our devotion matches up to his. Um, and we, we're going to pursue, pursue that. Last week we looked at uh, Christ's imperative, that which he had to do, that which gripped him more than what he felt, more than what is, it was a good idea, more than what his, his family and his friends and, his, and the nation wanted. He had a mission and a purpose and nothing would deter him. And of course, that again, he's our example and God's looking at our life to see what it, what are we actually, what's, what I must, what is gripping my heart? And again, once we understand who the Lord is, and tonight we're going to look at that word we've looked at many years ago, but it's a beautiful word because it sums up the character of God. Certainly the Old Testament is, is, is surrounded by this word, is centered on this word, um, and it just again reveals God's character. And when we understand God's character, we can only respond one way. It is, Lord, if you love me that much, if you were, if you were that committed and loyal to me, then what is my response? Mm-hmm. To, be, to be less than that, saying, Lord, I love you with all my heart, really is, is you know, is, it's a cock of snoop, isn't it? To the Lord. It's just ridiculous because of who and what he is. But that word we looked at before is the old Hebrew word chesed. So I, we can say it because we we're Welsh, shall we? Uh, chesed, back your throat. Of course, um, it's God's love for the people actively expresses loyalty to his covenant promises and his mercy. Now you will, as we just read there, some of us were reading his love endures forever, some was reading his mercy endures forever, because they very difficult to actually confine this word to one definition, because it means all those kind of things. Um, in, the, uh, in the King James, sometimes it, it uses what we call a compound word, it calls loving kindness. It puts two words together to try and get our minds to look, it's more than that, it's more than this, it's this, this and this, loving kindness. Um, love, benevolence, kindness, goodwill, favour. Um, really, the three basic means of this word internally means this. Strength, steadfastness, and love. Really, what it says, God's persistent refusal to wash his hands of Israel. God's persistent refusal to wash his hands of Israel. And uh, we see that in this, this word that comes from the heart of God. And it's good news, isn't it? Good news. And we read that. Well, the first mention, let's go, always look at the first mention. That's always good to see where we get the first mention. We get the basis of any, any principle or any word in the, in the word. That's why Genesis is so important for all manner of things, as we said before. Get the foundation right that we can understand everything. Well, you will find it in Genesis 19, 18 to 20. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please, your servant has found favour in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me and spared my life. But I can't flee to the mountains, this disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. Lot says he recognised, Lord, you saved me because of your loving kindness. 
So straight away we get a picture of his saving grace comes from his loving kindness to us. No other thing else, is it? We, we, Lot didn't deserve to be saved. He had, he had, he had been, uh, he, he usurped his uncle. He should never have chosen there. He, he followed his eyes. He followed the flesh. He, he looked down. The Bible said he was fertile, looked good. Although he knew Sodom and Gomorrah were there, he thought, I'll be okay. So often do, don't we? We get lured down to, with our eyes. And it wasn't long before he was, uh, you can read the progression. He was, he was in the plains. Then he was closed. Then he was, and then he was actually an elder at the, at the gates. Um, uh, he should never have ever been there. And so he shouldn't, it didn't have to be. But out of the mercy of God and the intercession of Abraham, the loving kindness, he said, you see me from him. Well, more than that, it's more that drive, it's, it's very character. Moses <coughs> said, Lord, he was in intercession when he's before the Lord, don't wipe these people out. <laughs> intercession, of course, is, Lord, wipe me out and not them. That's a great place to be. That's a place of, 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 of real authority with the Lord. God brings revelation like nothing else then. And then he said, Lord, unless you go with us, we ain't going. He said, what distinguishes us from anyone else is you coming with us. And we're the same. What distinguishes the church from anything else, any cult, any other religion, is the Lord is with us. And if he's not here, let's close the doors and, and we'll go find something else to do there. The Lord is with us. That's a distinguishing fact. And then he said, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your, I want to know you. Show me your glory. And here he comes and the Lord says, well, I put you in the cleft of the rock. That's where we got him from. He said, you can see as I go by. Uh, you can't see me face to face. Although he, he, the Bible says he talked to God face to face. It means mouth to mouth. Um, but he said, if you see me in all your glory, in your sinful state, you will be consumed. That's why we need the robes of righteousness, Jesus, before we can ever stand before the Lord. Um, so there he is. He's in Exodus 34. Listen, we have eight characteristics of the Lord in his glory. Exodus 34, 5 to 8. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. And Moses bowed down to the ground at once and worshipped. And we have right in the middle there a bounty, not just uh, loving and that, that consistent, persistent, steadfast love, but he's abounding in it. And that's why we're not consumed. <laughs> because he's abundant in his persistent, stubborn, stubborn love to us. Stubborn love. And you see, that, that particular characteristic, is a, if, you, if you, you can look through your Bible, you'll see it, that a refrain right through the Bible. The Lord, the Lord, gracious and compassionate, slow to and abounding in love. You'll find that coming up over and over again. Yes. Psalm 103, verse 7 and 8. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. 
So the psalmist picks that up, picks that up from that, that revelation that was given to Moses. That's why, that's why, of course, the word is important and that's why fellowship is important because, you know, the Lord speaks to me and he speaks to you and we come together and we share. And, you know, there's nothing greater than that. And uh, you, you, you could say, well, Dave, I'm, I'm going through this particular thing and I, I could say, well, you know what, so-and-so understands that. He's just been exactly the very same thing. And you know what he did? got into the word the Lord spoke to him and that's why the word is so important he picks up that characteristic of the Lord and says Lord this is who you are and it causes praise and adoration to rise up because that's who he is that's a revelation of who he is that's his very nature of course go to the New Testament and what do we say 1 John 4 verse 6 16 God is love now I'm no linguistic person I'm no uh Great authority, but when they uh, translated the Old Testament into Greek, Septuagint, they they put this word as um, the New Testament, the word we find mercy. Now, if I was doing it, I would I would say to them, "You're wrong," as long as they would listen to me, because I think this word is a great picture, a great mirror of the word love, agape. You know, the word agape, love that we talk about, sacrificial, absolutely committed. A love of choice, not the love of feeling, not the love of, oh, I think so, I, I feel this. No, agape love. And I think this is a great picture. The Old Testament, hesed, committed, steadfast, reliable, not going to wash his hands on, on us. And that agape love in the New Testament. So there's, this is character. It's character. You know, more than that, the Bible says, um, the Lord delights in it. Isn't that good news? He delights in his loving kindness. That's his delight for us. It is great pleasure in pouring out upon us. Micah 7, 18, 19. They shall lick the dust like the serpent, and they shall move out of their holes like worms of the earth. And they shall be afraid of the Lord their God, and shall fear because of thee. Who is a God like unto thee, that pardoneth iniquity, and passeth of the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again, he will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. That's it, what a great verse. <laughs> he delights in mercy, he will return, he will forgive, and he take his sins, the Bible says, and puts them into the depths of the sea. What did Corrie Ten Boom say? And with a big sign up, no fishing. <laughs> I like that because we are pretty good at um, dragging up things that we've asked the Lord to forgive us from, aren't we? And the devil's really good at reminding us of the things we've done wrong. And he's got a, he's got a he's got a good catalogue to look from, isn't he? For most of us. Um, but you see, when we've given that the Lord, when we depths of the sea, His mercy, loving kindness takes them and puts them away. Um, he delights in it. He delights in it. More than that, we we also see a number of he, he talks takes this word and to emphasise. Remember it's stubborn love, sure love, consistent, loving kindness, steadfast, all those words. But he also puts it sometimes, or many times in the Psalms, we find this word about 250 times in the Old Testament, but over half of those times in the Psalms. That's why we, you, you have a lot of reading from the Psalms tonight. But he brings another word alongside it, truth or reliability, fidelity, truth. Loving kindness in truth and fidelity, absolutely trustworthy is the Lord. When he, he promises something, you can guarantee it. Yeah. Um, and so, we, I, I, I can't remember this, but in, in years gone by, I remember saying, I remember going, I would preach with my dad a few times and going to big churches, and they have a promise box. Remember the promise, they used to take a promise out? 
I, I, and I always remember, uh, I think it was Paulson said, you never have any promises in there like, uh, be sure your sin will find you out, or you'll reap what you sow, because they are just as truthful, they just reveal God's character just as much as the other promises we love to quote, of course. Because um, he is, a, he is a, his word and his name are dependent on his loving kindness. You can find that in one th- uh, Psalm 136 verse 2. He exalt his name and his word above everything. And it's dependent on his loving kindness. Mm-hmm. Psalm 85, 9 and 10. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Mercy and truth. Loving kindness and truth are joined together. <coughs> truth in him and with him. And find him. Well, you say, well, Dave, how long is this uh, hesed going to last? Well, what we just sing, what we just read, is love endures forever. That's good news, isn't it? Because if it was just a temporary thing, we'd be in trouble. Um, but let's again read, read uh, Isaiah 54, 8 to 10. Isaiah 54, 8 to 10. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you says the Lord, your Redeemer. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Eternal. Mm. It is eternal. Now we're building up a picture of who God is, aren't we? But he's absolutely committed, of course, in that context to Israel. And if he, if he washes his hands of Israel and forgets them, we're in trouble. But because he hasn't, we can rely upon his word. Because he's committed to them, the Bible is very clear, he's committed to humanity, isn't he? God so loved the world. He's committed to us. And when we begin to understand the heart of God, oh Lord, grab a hold of our lives to really be caught up with him and who he is. Um, it's eternal. But thankfully, more than that, it is fresh. Amen. They, they, they went every morning, picked manna, fresh every day. Our relationship is new every day. Fresh every day. The Lord wants to take us different places every day. Speak to us uh, every day. Walk with him every day. Listen to Lamentations. Uh, we've sung this many times, but you may not know where it's from. It's from Lamentations. You may never found Lamentations, but it go by him pretty quick. Lamentations 3. Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your command. Again, the psalmist also says, if you read it again, your loving kindness reaches to the heavens. Um, of course, that was, to him, that was a finite distance. To us, that's not a finite distance, is it? We, we can't really, we don't, we know it's finite, but we don't know how far away it is. It's loving kindness reaches to the heavens. It's faithfulness to the skies. It's new every morning. It's, it's fresh. It's not stale. Thankfully, if we are still before the Lord, what's whose, whose fault is it? Always oh, my fault. 
because the Lord's there longing to do it afresh, longing to speak to me afresh, every day longing to direct me, look that person there, pray over that person, someone else needs the Lord. Um, but of course, this particular word uh, and characteristic of the Lord can be summed up in the history of Israel, as we just read. In a moment, I turned away from you, set my face against you, but my compassion drew you back. Uh, the psalmist picks that up again. Psalm 98, verse 1 to 3. Sing the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for you. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. History of Israel, yeah. summed up in this word. When Ezra and Nehemiah were coming back, they said, Lord, because of your loving kindness, we are returning. We are coming back. And um, well, we, when we read the word, again, so often I read it and I'm thinking, I, I sometimes laugh because God is, is awesome. And I can see myself in many of these characters. And, um, and uh, you know, the Lord loves to, you know, speak into us and... Uh, cut across us sometimes as well, didn't he? He delights in that. Why? Because he's doing a work in us. Mm -hmm. And uh, we come to Jonah, and I, I, I do chuckle at Jonah, um, thinking he can run from the Lord, and then um, how, how merciful the Lord was to him, but that mercy wasn't passed on. and Because uh, he knew who God was. Listen to uh, Jonah chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. That refrain, remember that revelation that Moses had, goes right through the Old Testament. Slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. Jonah said, I knew who you were. That's why I didn't want to come here, because they were enemies. Yeah, and the prophetic words, they were going to come and destroy Israel. Yeah, I'm not going to them, they're enemies. And he may have been a bit afraid of himself, but I think more so that he didn't want them to hear the gospel, which is amazing, really. And he said, I'm not going. I knew he'd be merciful. He was waiting for strike him down. Strike him down. We can see him waiting there, can't we? And then, then the Lord, again, I chuckle at this. The Lord gets a little vine to come over him and he's, oh, thank you, thank you. Then he gets a worm and this worm eats it. In, in, a, in a moment, and, and he, he, the Bible says he, he's so angry, he wants to he wants to die. I mean, we, we we laugh at that, but you know, how many times have we gone into such a state about things and people sometimes? And he said, "Look, you've lost sight of these people who are lost. You've lost sight of the the oh, wonderful. I, I I'm the God of the union. I'm the God of everybody." He said, "You've lost sight of that." And remember my mercy to you. When you're in the bottom of this ocean, in the belly of a whale, the mercy was the whale, of course, and uh, the mercy was that he, he yeah, spewed him out, <coughs> thankfully. Um, the mercy, that, and the Bible says the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, uh, but he wouldn't pass on. So he knew, you see, and when we know the mercy of God, the wonderful, and then we see right through the Psalms, the, the loving kindness drives and is, is a motivation for God to forgive, to deliver, to protect, to answer our prayers. You can find all these verses. Pick up the, your, um, your, 
concordance, you'll find all these. Uh, what what drives the Lord is protection, is care. The psalmist then breaks out and says, this, this loving kindness is marvellous, is precious, is priceless, is good. In fact, in, in Psalm 63, what we do on Sunday morning, he said, yeah, we used to sing this, your loving kindness is better than life. And amazing. That's what I pray to you. That's what I bless you. Your loving kindness is better than life. You know what? I, I was just uh, reading and going through um, Ravi's book on suffering. And he said, uh, when he goes to do these, these university uh, things, he said, well, one university, one of the Ivy League universities, top university. And um, just a few months before there'd been three suicides, these young people. And one young girl says, look, you, you, you're educating us. But you're not telling us why we are here yeah. and who we are. You've given us no meaning. You've given us no purpose mm -hmm. for life. He said, we're Ivy League is the top, you know, that's the Oxford, Cambridge, you know, all those kind of things. So you're teaching us, but you've given us no purpose or meaning. And he said, if young people are crying out for that, you know what? We are the answer. The only yes. the, the gospel is still the only answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going through all the other religions. They've got nothing to offer, he said. Nothing to offer. Only the gospel as hope and puts clarity on why we're here, where we're going, and why the world is in such a state. It gives us hope. And the psalmist breaks out, he says, Lord, now I know your loving kindness. It's more than life to me. More than life to me. It is, isn't it? Now we know that God is absolutely committed to us. Steadfast, sure, resilient, stubborn love to the people of God and to the nation of Israel and to the world. So that stirs us, stirs us. Well, uh, we can see it. Um, you see, is this word also used in people? Yeah, we can see it in, in the book of Ruth. It, it crops up there, doesn't it? And uh, they say of Ruth, Ruth, your loving kindness, your steadfastness. Where you go, I'll go. Where you die, I will die. Your God will be my God. I will not leave you. Was seen in her, and then Boaz saw it in her. He said, look, you could have gone, you could have had any man you want. You're all these young men, but you came to an old man like me. He said, because your loving kindness, your steadfastness to your mother-in-law was wonderful. You know, and ultimately, God is that to us. But you know what? God delights to see it in us. Steadfast love. Steadfast love. This is what the word of the Lord says. Micah 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The Lord has shown you, shown you what is good, and what does he want from you? It's a great question to ask, isn't it? Because uh, once we understand there's a God of creation, then we must, the next question is, well, Lord, if that's true, and you want to interact with me, you want to communicate, what do you want? In fact, that's our greatest question in life, isn't it? More than anything else, not what he wants, they want anyone. What do you want from me, Lord? But to do justly, to love mercy, to love steadfast love, and to walk humbly with your God. Relationship with him, and because we're in a relationship with him, we have character. See, I was listening to uh, somebody the other day. He said, uh, of course, he told me young people, he said, show me your friends and I'll show you future. Very true. Mm -hmm. Show me your friends and you show me your future. Mm -hmm. See, uh, are we, who we surround ourselves with will always rub off, either to our detriment or to our benefit, depending mm -hmm. who you, who, who's with it. But that's why 
our greatest fellowship, greatest relationship is with the Lord. Why? Because the more time we spend with him, the more of his character we show. And that steadfast, ultimate, steadfast, uh, Proverbs 3, 1-4. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on your tablet of your heart. And so find favour and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Bind them on your neck. It's always there. Write them on your heart, so that's what's going to come out. That agape, of course, hesed in the Old Testament, the agape love, the commitment, zeal, absolute obedience, choice. Remember, it's not feeling orientated, is it? Not feeling orientated, because if it was feeling orientated, we'd be in trouble, because God sometimes doesn't feel good about us, does he? Yeah, like us with our kids. We love them, but we don't feel good sometimes about what they do, do we? You want to knock them into next week. Oh, we can't do that now, can we? Uh, a little bit big anyway now. Um, uh, but uh, it's not going to feel, it's, it's going with choice. Cho- choosing, choosing. The love of God. Write it on your hearts. We see, that's why he says when we get saved, he, he shed, Romans 5, the love of God is shed abroad, poured out in our hearts. That consistent, persistent, steadfastness. Because he is, that's who he is. He, the psalmist kept constantly praising the Lord for it, appealing to God for it, saying, Lord, I need your loving kindness. Solomon's prayer lifted up this specific character of the Lord. Remember your loving kindness, Lord, he said, Solomon. He said, we're going to go astray, we know. He said, if they turn back, if they face this way, that's why Daniel, the Bible says, face that way. It was it was only a, a, a symbol, a symbolical thing, because as we know, it didn't make where you're looking, but he was looking back, his heart was back where the Lord was. And that's it's symbolic, symbolic, isn't it? And he said, if they look back, Lord, yet let your loving kindness uh, come and fulfill your word. Proverbs also says, pursue loving kindness. Pursue it. Make it your goal. That steadfast, consistent, persistent love. Loyalty. Tell of it. Speak of it. Isaiah 63, verse 7, my father. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great goodness towards the house of Israel which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindness. I will tell of it. See, the one thing he talked about remembering, marking it down. And you know how you remember things? We're quite good at forgetting things, aren't we? Um, I always I always say to the kids when they come in, you got any homework for the weekend? Yeah. No, no. It's Friday used to be week, uh, homework, certainly for our kids. Yeah. Have a book to read, spellings to do, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Times table. The times tables are going a bit then. Mm-hmm. But you know what? How do you remember your times tables? Most of us are a generation where we went in first thing in the morning, yeah. and for 10, 15 minutes you went three, three, four, three, five, three, bang, 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 up to 12. So now today, I could say to any of you, Five fives, eight sevens, nine sevens, bang, you'd have it. Why? Because you repeat, you marked it down in your mind. It was a persistent thing. And he said, I'm going to tell of it. I'm going to remind you and I'm going to remind myself. And that's something we forget, don't we? We're easily distracted. The devil will come and whisper, oh, dear, what about that? What about this? What about you? What about them? And we've got to remind ourselves. We've got to mark it down. It means engrave. 
So it cannot go from anywhere. It's, it's set down. He said, I will tell, Lord, of, not just of your, but your abundant goodness to us as well. Another book which, again, really shows um, this persistent love, chesed, is the book of Hosea. It's an amazing book, isn't it? Um, and some say, oh, I want to be a prophet. But be careful what you wish for. I want to be a prophet of the Lord. Let me tell you, those prophets didn't just speak the word, they lived it, didn't they? And the Lord, they, Lord asked them to do some strange things. We just think they had off their heads. But they were just a demonstration of that where they were living the word out. And of course, we are, we are living, we should be living the word out as well. And uh, he says to Isaiah, um, you're going to get married, Isaiah. He said, oh, thank you very much. He said, but um, the woman you're going to marry is not going to be um, the one you think or the one you necessarily want. Um, and she's not going to be the, 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 with a good background either. She was a bit loose, um, to say the least. And uh, he married her. He married her. And you know what? It, it was a picture of, of God in Israel. And the Bible says uh, she had babies by other people, other men. And, and the Bible says, Hosea, take her back. Yeah. Take her back. Yeah. And, and he's doing this in front of Israel. And they think, what on earth is happening? Yeah. And he turns around and says, this is like you. This is like you. This is like you. And uh, then he, he says, look, I want, I want your heart. I want, you've given it to this and you've given it to that and you've followed this and you've followed that and you, you, you can call it idols. We said we were idols last week, didn't we? But it's anything that takes God's place. Anything that takes that central location in our heart. Everything we dream, everything we desire, everything we want, every decision we make, Lord, what do you think? Yet, not so often we make decisions without him. We make, we've got dreams without him. We've got to, you know, deliberate over things without asking his, his, his direction in our life. When you know what? His plans and his purposes are for our, our greater good. Brilliant. Um, let's read these lovely, last lovely verses. Hosea 6.6. 6. He says, I desire loving chesed, mercy, more than sacrifice. Um, see, sacrifice, in one sense, is easier than actually being totally committed and obedient. Why do we know that? Because Saul found that out. Oh, I, I made a sacrifice. But Samuel says, to obey is better than sacrifice. He said, in fact, he said, rebellion and stubbornness is as witchcraft. Yeah. And that's a frightening thing. You know, we can, we, can, we can do certain things sacrificially, and God loves that. But he said, what I really want is a steadfast love for me. Love me, and from that, love to those around us. All those people that even really you don't love. So that's what I desire, he said. That's what I delight in. Remember, he delights in it in himself, and he delights it in you. And he longs to see it in us. And uh, so often we don't see it in ourselves, do we? We don't see that steadfastness. We see uh, a we weakness, a half-heartedness, a, a lukewarmness towards him and towards, certainly towards those around us sometimes. Hosea 12, verse 6. Therefore, turn now to thy God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait on, the God, on thy God continually. See, he was summing up now. He's coming towards the end of Hosea, and he said, return. Now it's time to return. Mercy, justice, 
and wait on God. Again, that word, we talk about wait on God, you find Isaiah as well, like that rope, when you twist it, you coil it round, so you're actually bound. Wait on the Lord, you're bound to him. There's nothing that's going to come between you and the Lord. You're holding on fast. Why? Because you know he's the only help. That's why the psalmist is appealing. Lord, don't let your loving kindness go away from me. Of course, um, in one sense he knew it wouldn't, but he's still appealing for that. Yeah. <laughs> because he felt, you see, because somebody he was, he was praying out of his feelings sometimes, and God isn't afraid of that, because he's getting us again from the place of feelings to faith. But sometimes we've got to bring, uh, that's how, something, how God brings us to himself, because, Lord, I'm at the end of my tether. What did Paul say? When I came to the end of myself, Lord, I be beginning of you. Your grace is sufficient. Now, Lord, when I'm weak, you are strong. I, I delight now in all those difficulties because, Lord, you are being glorified. And now you are being magnified, not me. Because, again, Paul was an able, capable man. And people would have said, oh, Paul, that's fantastic. What a, you're brilliant. Wonderful. Yet, he said, no, it's nothing. It's only the grace of God in me. So tonight... Our God is absolutely 100% committed. Love, strength, steadfastness, love, all those words joined together. Um, of course, as we said, the steady, persistent refusal of God to wash his hands of wayward Israel is really the essential nature of this word and of his character. And that's why tonight we love him. That's why we, we, we get excited sometimes. We shouldn't get excited. That's who God is. That's our, that's our Father. That he is committed absolutely to us. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.